What the shit? High five. That's because I had a great meal at Ezra's house. <laughs> the heck is this? This nonsense. It's not. It's the same. We are in the same same room as last week. It's last week's episode already heard. And the previous ones. Dude, it was Jail's, such a good segue. With Jail's one. Yeah, I have a lot of work to do. But because I give myself that work, it's not like mm-hmm. I am delegated a lot of work, but it's like I want to complete them as fast as possible. Or I want to get to my end goal as quickly as possible. Okay. That's something that I like to do. Lor. Like, it's just my way of working. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have a lot of work? I do have some work. I got F, uh, my final year project to think about and some of my narrative films that I need to do. But it's all good. We're doing good. And <laughs> you just I, gave I'm me just two thumbs up. Keeping keeping myself busy with like uh, all See, my Wait, wait, wait. Is it two thumbs up or thumbs ups? Thumbs Ooh. up. Two thumbs up. Yeah, but usually thumbs put up. Your, put your two thumbs up. No, but usually people be like thumbs up. But actually people only give like one. I know. But so then you have two. No, but the thing about it, right? Thumbs up, right? Is is like uh it's just like I know. an abbreviation of I know. The, I know it's like up, up the thumbs. Verb. Yeah, yeah. So why do we call one thumb up? Because it's up? the same. Because you don't go thumb like, up. It's actually just a thumb up. Okay. So it should just be thumb up. Put your thumb up. But it sounds very bad. Put your thumb up. No, but nobody says put your thumb up. Like thumb up. Thumbs up. Actually, I'll say put your thumb up. No, but as in... I won't say... People put, say thumbs up. Give me a thumbs up. No! <laughs> give, me, give, me, give me a thumbs up if you are fine. You know, no, people will say thumbs up. Before? Give me a thumbs up. No, when somebody wants to affirm you, a thumbs up. I know. They I will know. say thumbs up. I know. I know. This is so irritating. This conversation. <laughs> <laughs> People are gonna be like, "What the shit is this podcast about?" And then they just they're gonna give us a thumbs down. And then they're like, <laughs> Same. Yeah, please give us a thumbs up, basically. A thumb up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A thumb up. Thumb or up. Thumbs up. Both are fine. Or thumbs up. We can agree to disagree. I don't know. There's no disagreeing. I'm pretty sure I'm right. There's no disagreeing okay, anyway. with the English language. But honestly, I don't really know whether I'm right. No, no. I'm just arguing for the sake of arguing. What should we have for dinner later? Uh, we don't really have a choice. My dad is cooking, so I don't know. <gasps> Since we're on the topic of food, this is a perfect segue to today's guest. And his name is Ezra. Please. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, our, our, our guest today is Ezra. And he's a chef. In a Michelin star restaurant. That's right, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct, correct. Mm. I believe that is a Michelin star restaurant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not the other way around. We've been told specifically not to call him a Michelin star chef. It's very different. Yeah. I think that means you have earned a Michelin star. Yeah, you've star. earned a Michelin star. <laughs> and we might have. Uh, so basically, the restaurant earned the Michelin star. Yes, yes, but yes. Not, not Ezra himself. Yeah. Uh, because he's still but a young there cook. Are, there are still credentials to working. Yeah, for sure, for sure. As a chef for sure. in. Um, He's still, he's, still, he's still done a lot of work to get yeah. to where he is. Yeah. So, yeah. It's crazy, you know, like, the, how, like, chefs have to deal with things. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we learned, learned that, especially when it comes to people working uh, for chefs who work in a kitchen. Not just your own, like, kitchen. Like, in a kitchen where they're working with other chefs under uh, a master chef. A uh, master chef. Hey, hey, hey. No. Under a... Head chef? Head chef, probably, right? Just somebody in charge of them. Yeah. So, it's really interesting. I think... Um, Ezra made a lot of important points that people, not just chefs, uh, could use and, and could could uh, could do better off by mm. understanding. Mm. Yeah. Uh, or the next time when you go to a restaurant, like you understand 
um, and appreciate yes. like, what the chefs do for you. And I feel, and also, maybe this will help more people uh, not be like, Oi, customer is first. Customer come first. Please change this plate of pasta because this mushroom is misaligned. Wow, do you know how many lives you're going to ruin like that? Why? No, I mean, I mean, if you say that oh, yeah, this yeah, mushroom yeah, yeah, is yeah. misaligned, yeah. the whole Speaking kitchen will be like... Oh. <laughs> but I don't think that's a real scenario. Yeah, and sorry. we apologize for the improv. Yeah, we are, we are not, we're not chefs, so we don't actually yeah. know. But we can tell you from the mouth of a chef, straight from the from mouth. From the horse's mouth. From, yeah. From the horse's chef. All right, here it is. Enjoy. <laughs> Just finished uh, breakfast. We had a uh, roasty with creme fraiche, mm, uh, Parma hams, yep. soaked in um, in coffee, in reduced coffee, and cherry tomatoes. Uh, a sous vide egg mm. that is blowtorched at the end of it. Mm. That's right. Uh, Come on, boy. Yeah. Paying attention. I gotta cook later. I pay attention too. Yeah, I it, it's very fitting, la, I think. It's very fitting that we had breakfast that's cooked by our guests because today we have a chef with us on the show. Ezra? Hi. Ezra. Yeah, I'm Ezra. Yeah, and I work at Raffles Hotel. How long have you been working? Mm. How long have you been working there? Um, Not long, actually. It's just about a year. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was close to a year then. COVID-19 happened and then we were sent home mm. uh, after, yeah, after the circuit breaker like was okay. announced. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your what's your position? I yeah. So th- all right, yeah, it's yeah. very confusing. Oh in yeah, general, yeah, yeah. yeah, All right. So so different kitchens will operate dif- very differently. So th- like the casual restaurants, they don't really define themselves with titles and stuff like that. Right. Um. But the higher up you go, the the more like you know fine dining you go or like in hotels because mm. there's a very clear structure mm. system okay. that helps you kind of identify a payroll and all that kind of stuff as well. You okay. know. Um. Usually you start as a commie, so a commie is basically uh, commie. Yeah. It's li- yeah. it's French. It's French for employee. Oh, basically, yeah. <laughs> you are like the uh, lowest scrub. Like they wouldn't even like give you a label yeah, yeah, other yeah. than employee. So basically, you're a commie chef. So right. uh, and then different. Uh, the bigger the organization, the more mm. levels there are to each uh, each rank. So right. after the okay. commie, okay. there's CDP. Uh, demi. So demi is like a your half uh, chef de party. So so it's commie, then demi, and then after that you have the chef de pate, which is like the team leader. So you, the chef de pate takes care of the station. Okay. So a typical uh, CDP would have two, three commie under under him or her. Mm. Yeah, and then above the CDP you have the junior sous chefs. They are the ones uh, kind of running most of the background, like the the show in the back. So he, they they manage the CDPs. They they get people in line. They like, yeah, hey, uh, this like chefs not happy with this, and they'll they'll be the like the the voice and the face of the head chefs. Mm. Above the junior sous, you have the sous chef, and then uh, above the sous, sometimes you have a senior sous. If like your organization's really that big, okay, and then you have the head chef, right? Yeah, uh, or the CDC, which is the uh, chef de cuisine, which is chef of the kitchen. Okay. Right. Yeah. Chef of the kitchen. But okay. everything I say here is it really depends on the organization you're working at, the, at, the restaurant you're working mm. at, how French they want to be. Okay. Yeah. Also, oh, so oh, I because see. Because all these terms are in French. Mm. Yeah. 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 Seems like it. So, do most restaurants 
gravitate towards being more French than, than Okay, others. the reason why there are all these terms and yeah. everything actually has its roots uh, in, in how the French cuisine became globalized. Right, okay. All right. Oh. So, I, see, I, see. I mean, food is universal, right? The French don't have a monopoly over food and mm-hmm. cuisines and, mm. and fine dining, mm. right? But the reason why they were so successful to, in the beginning was because they recognized they wanted to export the French culture. They wanted to export French uh, cuisine. Okay. And the easiest way to do that is by replicating that over and over again at different places. And the only way you can do that is by getting really militarized in your kitchen structure. Mm. So right. when you when you work okay. in the kitchen, right, it really feels eerily similar to being in um, army. In, in the army. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Like for real, like when I first started working where, I, where I'm currently working at, Okay. Just the culture of it just reminded me so much of army. Like hmm. I, I just when when my sous chef got angry, I just felt like okay, I, I'm gonna have to knock it down anytime yeah. <laughs> wow. right now. I was like, it's yeah, it it, it, it can get quite uh, intense. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also because of the hierarchy and everything. So the reason for that is because when you are when you're so militarized, mm-hmm. everything is about it runs, standardized, it runs, right? Yeah, you got yeah. to standardize everything. Okay. You need to do your force prep. <coughs> you got to make sure everything's uh like falls into place so that anyone takes over your station when it's busy right mm. it will be exactly the, the the same way that they're familiar with yeah yeah so you kind of can can move in and out yeah. easily right you can okay. you can kind of like plug and play uh and not just that your recipes you have to follow it to the team mm, mm. right there's a there's a there's a recipe book in in every kitchen yeah um the the head chef decides what goes into the recipe down to the very grammage of it mm. right and because of this very highly militarized way of running the kitchen, mm. you can you can wholesale ticket, duplicate it, plant it somewhere else, mm. Mm. and it will work. Yeah, and it will be exactly the same or very close to what it is like in in, in France. Yeah, that's oh, why no. that's why okay. all over the world right now we have a lot of these like like yeah terms you know like yeah. commie and chef like sous chef. Like Everyone knows what a sous chef is, yeah. right? Yeah. Everyone yeah. when you first tell them you're a mm. chef, they always are you a sous chef? I'm like, <laughs> do you know sous chefs? You, you got to work like 10, 15 years before you can Oof, become a sous chef, yeah, yeah. right? Oh. Okay. Yeah, but but be, people know that term because of how widely exported the, the, the French cuisine and yeah. French culture, fine dining mm. especially, mm. has been, uh, yeah, over is the it, past like... Is the French like the origin of like culinary school or, or like all these kind of things? Like, I mean... I, I, I'm not too not sure about it, mm. but um, what I know is that the fine dining is one of the one of the biggest exports, one of the like, right. big exports from that came out from, from France. France. Yeah. Uh, I mean, then again, you have to define what fine dining is. Because yeah. everyone defines fine dining very differently. Because okay. mm. um, there, there are royalty everywhere, right? All, yeah. over, all over the world and, and all of history. And so kings and queens, they would dine differently from the peasants mm. you know, and the commoners. Is that fine dining? Because if you go to Korea, like, like you, you look at the history and, and what the kings ate, the Empress ate. Yeah. Those really were very, very fine, very detailed stuff mm. as well. So would that be considered fine dining? And I and I think it would be. Yeah. But they didn't export it in the same yeah, way that the French I mean, yeah. did, you know? They didn't yeah. they didn't kinda commercialize. Yeah. So I wouldn't it say that yeah. they are the they're the ones who like came out with the idea of fine fine dining. Because there yeah. are royalty everywhere, there's right, right, rich right. people everywhere, mm. all That's over true. the street. Like yeah. Wow. It's just that we are very known to the French way, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. From Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, we just got a whole a like history. Mainstream. So yeah, is mainstream. it really <laughs> exactly like that? Hmm? Is it kind of not? I mean, it's obviously not as crazy, maybe, but uh, is it 
similar in the way that like okay there's mm. one person working on proteins one person working yeah, on so, carbs yeah so okay so if you're talking about very classical uh, kitchen structure um, yeah. yes so you have different stations you have uh, the, 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 the co-appetizers yeah. the co-starters which is co the commanger yeah. which is where I'm working at uh, then you have warm starters if you you also have like proteins yeah. you have uh, you know the, the, the hot hot stations yeah. And the, and the pastry for desserts yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So smaller restaurants definitely they won't have so, so many, many <laughs> clear cut like stations because mm. you only have like five men a team like every night. Mm. So maybe one guy does all the all the starters, another guy does all the proteins, another guy does all the sides and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, it's 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 not as clear cut. And it, I I think sometimes when you watch like Hell's Kitchen, we get an idea of what. A kitchen could look like, yeah. but it's definitely not representative of kitchen. most kitchen. Oh. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. I think it represents a very old school idea and concept of what uh, like a fine dining kitchen mm -hmm. looks like, where people are shouting, yelling, and stuff like that. Um, but what really changed my mind about what a good kitchen looks like is when when I went to this place that now has a Michelin star, but back then they didn't. Ah. Um, and and my oh. friend was like, hey, let's go to this place. Like, it's my treat. And I was like, of course I'll go, of right? Of course. <laughs> so when we sat down, it was, a, it, was a, it was an open kitchen concept. It was a bus eating concept. Okay. So we were sitting in right in front of the chefs and they were preparing food. And the entire time, you didn't hear a squeak from them. There was no pans throwing around, Ooh. thrown around. There was no yelling. I was like, how long is this going to take? Come on, give it to me. Yes, chef. Yeah, that kind of thing. That's none we, of that. We chef. Yeah, it's not like we chef, we yeah. chef. Yeah, no, that kind of thing. Uh, 30 seconds. It was just very quiet. It, just, it looked like a very well-oiled machine. Yeah. Wow. So it looked like a symphony, just watching them work. Wow. And they knew how to like, like they didn't have to say anything when they're moving around and they would not bump into each other. Wow. There was, everything was done in like just very nice. And so... Well, where's, this, where's this place at? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the the... the that was uh, three years ago. I went to Burnt Ends. Uh, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. About familiar, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I went to Burnt Ends three years ago and uh, the, the head chef, Dave Pinto, was there and just looking at them work and I was just like, wow, this is inc this inc this is crazy. That, that was when, like, the first time when my mind was really blown about yeah. what a kitchen could look like. Because mm. oh, it's like, pretty cool. I, th I think there's also a certain draw to the mm. old school type kitchen yeah. where you're like, man like you know it needs to be hard it needs to be a war zone we need to be like shouting and that's the only time yeah you know like you you, you feel like your life but yeah, actually like, cooking yeah but actually there's so much like life is complex humans are complex mm. uh, beings Ooh. and so i don't think huh. a kitchen has a mold in which we should all operate in the same mm. way right 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 you know, because yeah people are people are different yeah whatever works right for the yeah, teams yeah, for sure oh, that's mm. pretty cool wow that's something that i don't think like a lot of people know like at least i didn't know there were so many roles and like mm. like it's so different from what i would think yeah a kitchen would be yeah so uh, i think maybe the first question would be the next question will probably be uh like what is it like a day in your life like now as a as a as a, mm, as a fine dining chef yeah okay i, I wouldn't con consider myself a fine dining chef because okay. the restaurant i'm working at um we're not we're not fine dining ah, even okay. even though everything looks super fancy <laughs> So that's why I say like different people have different yeah. uh, interpretations, thresholds of like what's fine and what's not fine. Mm. Um, so mine would be more like semi, I would say semi fine dining okay. because there was a lot, like, there's a lot of details put into a very, all the little different elements that goes into it. Mm. But I think fine dining has a lot more like connotations. Okay. Um, a day, a day in my life. So I, I will come into the rest, like the kitchen. If I'm working, in, so we will split into morning and afternoon. 
uh, teams, right? Uh, so the morning team typically work from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Okay. And then afternoon team will work from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Mm. Right. But those timings don't are, are never fixed <laughs> because if, if you're required to come in earlier, you come in earlier because, mm. you know, the next day you, you have like done. 100 packs coming in for like a uh, for oh, event right, and right, you need right. to prepare and like your, your chef's like, hey, like, can you come in earlier? Yeah. Mm. And sometimes the morning teams will stay later. So let's say I'm, I'm so typical for for, for morning shift uh, chef when they come when they come in the first thing they do is they you set up the station. Mm-hmm. So every night you tear down the station, you keep all the bowls, you keep everything that you need. Okay. So that your counter is clean because you need to soap down your counters yeah, and everything, yeah. right? So next day you will just bring it up, set it up. So that was one big part of like being in the kitchen that I never really realized how important it was until I started working professionally. Okay. Was how important it is to have your space set up mm-hmm. the way that. Uh, will help you uh, work better. Mm. Yeah, and and like people think that being a chef is all about the food, it's all about the craft. But actually what it is about is about the force prep before mm. you That's do the actual thing. Yeah. Right. Like 90% of the success that comes from your uh, successful service is not, um, it's not the time, it's not how fast you do, it's mm. how well you prepare yourself. Mm. So setting up a space with, okay, like, does it make sense to have this bowl here? Does it make sense to have this condiment here? Because if I'm going to prepare this dish, do I have to stretch really far to the other side mm. of the kitchen to grab it? Or would it be better if I put it on this side? And just even like the left hand, right hand thing. Yeah. Like, will I keep knocking over this thing if I, right, if I put it right, here? Right. Should I put it like on my left instead? Because my left is my left hand's not moving that much. Yeah. Things like that. So in the morning, you set up the station and then mm. after a few weeks, you realize, okay, okay, what's the best setup? So you just keep doing that. So then you will set up in the morning have that uh, on your counter and then you will you do all the big production stuff so mm. you whatever that's lacking that day or whatever mm. you need to you need to do usually typically the, the the afternoon shift the closing shift would um, would have to give you an account of what went out uh, that day uh, what needs to be done the next day so that uh, we know what to top up Oh. I see, right? Yeah, right, so right. then, so so that's our mise en place list. It's, mise en place basically is French for French. in its place. Uh, it's basically fancy for prep work. So okay. what you need to get done for the day. For, for tomorrow. Yeah, so for example, like me being in the the gamanger, which we deal with salads and yeah. and cold dishes like tuna tatas and uh, scallop kudos and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, do we need to cut tuna today? Do mm. we need to, you know... Um, Bunoir, dice some stuff like all the garnishes do we have enough do we mm. need to top up the garnishes do we need to top up this right okay. yeah so we, we typically would do that all the way into service so like mm. about 15 minutes before service is when you stop your mise en place you tidy yourself you make sure your uniform looks like <laughs> presentable because we work in an open kitchen yeah so everyone who walks in will see the chefs so mm. if you have one big splotch on your chef's mm. jacket it's not gonna look nice yeah uh, so you gotta go change and, and yeah. what it is. There, there, there were times where your, your my my sous chef was like, "What the you know like why why is your why is your jacket so like gross like yeah. go get it changed and you're yeah. like, but I don't have enough time like yeah. I haven't finished my mise en place and he wouldn't let. He's like, no, you're gonna change. So I see. After a while, you learn the importance of working clean. Yeah, mm. I see. Yeah. Right, right, right. I'm not sure if you remember the the scene from Ratatouille where yes. Wait, I don't know what's, she, she, what's she, her name? But I watched it. What's, Jamie, could you pull out that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, Jamie today is uh, Jamie um, and Kanye is Ezra's uh, sister. Yeah, could you could you pull out that real quick? Um, what's the name of the, the the female chef in Ratatouille? I think she I think it's the one know. where that she tell tell him to put the elbows yes, in. Yes, so that scene where it's like 
put your elbows in, yeah. keep your elbows tucked in. Yeah, that's when you move, you always pivot from your elbow. You don't flare out your elbows because when you flare out your elbows, there is a chance you might hit something, knock something off yeah. the counter, hit someone when they're carrying something heavy. Yeah. It's so intense. Yeah, actually, it's quite I, think, I think they did a lot of the research yeah. because everything they say made a lot of sense and mm. it was like something that I related to because yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, how does he not know how to do that? And then I All remember, right. okay, when I first started in the kitchen, I didn't know how to do any of this mm. as well. Interesting. Yeah. D- is it is it less stressful being on cold? Because you're on cold apps, right? D- yeah, co- yeah. Co- is it yeah. less stressful because no. I mean, there's no same? Uh, okay, so <coughs> typically people who are at the Gamanger would be people who um, are starting out in the kitchen right. or... Okay. I think that's where they feel is safer to mm. put them, mm. but doesn't mean that it's... It's yeah. less stressful. Okay. I think the only difference is because you're not dealing with fire on like during the service itself. Mm. Mm. Um. So there's nothing you can really overcook. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But so a lot, the, a lot of the the work is on the back end mm. before mm. the service. Mm. That's when you see the the gamaji chefs like going like nuts and running yeah. around the kitchen because <coughs> you can't really do that during service. Yeah. Whereas the the, the like. If let's say you're on the rotisserie, for example, mm-hmm. you have very few sauces, so you have very few prep. The only real work is when you have to grill your steaks okay, on the spot. But that requires a different type of skill, different type of finesse yeah. for the gamanger because everything in the cold appetizer is very fine. It's like it requires a lot of finesse, mm. requires a lot of like uh, knife skills. Mm. Yeah, okay. how well, how evenly you you you, you, you cut dice your stuff, of things. Yeah. So you bunua. So bunua is basically a, f- a smaller dice. Okay. So if you go to f- the, the the higher end, you go right. Everything looks like it's like super geometrical. Okay, yeah, yeah. Those are the kind of geometrical. Well, you can yeah. see you can see a smile on Ezra's face. Yeah, huh? he's like oh, so no, happy. Just, <laughs> just, I'm like yeah, because I'm thinking geometrical. of like thinking of like restaurants where they they do things just like literal pieces of art, like yeah, like. <laughs> They're masterpieces. They're, you don't want to eat them. Like, yeah. if you think, oh, like, oh, this looks so good, I don't want to eat it. Like, you've not seen anything yet. Like, that, like, at that level where they would have two different type of condiments. Okay. Right? One orange, one really bright orange, one really dark green, very beautiful. And what they do is they will dot around the plate. Right. Right? And then the alternate with the yellow and green, yellow and yeah. green, yellow and green, all the, way th- all the way to the center. That in itself is, like, mind-blowing. Okay. So That's okay. Cool. So after you prepare, after you prepare your food, and mm. you go into service after changing out, then yeah. what happens after that? So typically, service would last about anywhere between two and a half to three hours, okay. depending on your restaurant's opening hours. If your restaurant opens all day, yeah, then you're just in there service yeah. all day. Mm. Uh, but they have very specific uh, uh lunch hours, timing, mm. so like twelve to three p.m. and then right. dinner timings like six to ten p.m. Uh. Those so in service is when you actually put the all the hard work that you've prepared yeah. uh, in the morning together on a plate, present it to the uh, yeah to the clients mm. yeah, immediately. The yeah. Um. So that's that's service, and that's what most people know about being a chef, mm. right? And 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 that's the real like no like fun part. Like people are like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Like mm. it's the glamorous so dynamic. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. oh <laughs> gosh, I wish I had a, a a more interesting job than a desk <laughs> job. That's what they see. Mm. Um, but then what they don't see is after service you got to clean down as well, yeah. right? Mm. You all your all your pots and your pans, your your bowls mm. and your your spoons that you use during service, you got to wash them. Typically, uh, if you're working in a hotel, 
you would have a stewarding uh, like staff right. okay. who would do the washing for you. All you need to do is just bring everything to him. He'll wash it for you. But mm. if you're working in a smaller restaurant, like a lot of the est- like private establishments outside yeah. uh, in, in, in Singapore, you kind of double up. Yeah. So you wash, you put inside the dishwasher, mm. you go back to doing your work. Ah, uh, I see, I see. Scrub down uh, your stove, scrub yeah. down your counter, your surface tops, sanitize everything, make it make it like spotless yeah. before the next day before the next day uh, yeah and typically uh, it takes about maybe anywhere between half an hour to an hour oh, depending okay. on how motivated your team <laughs> is <laughs> to go home which most of the time they are and so everyone's like yeah let's go home quick so let's yeah. wash up real quick uh, but then there are times where clients don't obey the last order right. timings huh. or you have people coming in your manager's like okay let's just get this last table in and then everyone in the kitchen's like I'm halfway done cleaning already. And then now when you pull up cook, all the, pu- the, the, the bowls and spoons again and I need to, yeah. Mm. So, so, so there's, there's, there's those as well. So it must be get really busy. La. Like your weekdays <coughs> just, or um, you're working like the whole week. All right. So I would normally work uh, five days a week, mm. which is a lot better than a lot of places. Mm. There are yeah. places that only gives you like six days, uh, uh, like, like makes you work six days, only give you a day off. So you don't oh. really have a weekend and your day off is always on a weekday. Right. Right, because your weekends are always the busiest. Right. Okay. So people like right, right, right. like normal people working in desk jobs and corporate jobs, they they start the day their week on Monday ends on Fridays. Our our week really hits its peak around like the weekend. Fri- mm. Thursday, Friday. Right. Mm. Friday is when it's like really, really yeah. bad. Saturday's really bad. And then you go Sunday there's like lunch is really bad. Dinner so kinda of slows down a bit. Mm. Okay. Then Monday, Tuesday is like Closer Chill. to your weekend and like Tuesday, you're like, okay, yeah, it's like it's Hang gonna be weekend bit. soon kind of thing. Oh, that's why that's why cafes don't open on Mondays, Tuesdays. <coughs> uh, is, that, is that it? Yeah, yeah, because they 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 get most of their, their clients on the over weekend, the weekend, so, yeah, so yeah, they yeah, cannot right. close that's, on the weekend. That makes sense. True. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so most people will close on Mondays or Tuesdays, right? Uh, depending on your business model, mm. some some cafes just don't close. So what they do is they just hire enough people so that they can cover the shifts. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So ah, okay, okay. So for yeah. any business, any food business to close on a Sunday is actually quite... Stupid. Uh, shoot yourself. It's not... Okay, la, depends on why they want to close on Sunday. So my uh. uncle who runs a chicken rice store okay. at Bukit Timah Hawker Center, he's really like very, very popular. He gets a lot of crowds. Serious. But he chooses to close on Sundays because... He he's a Christian. And he believes that right. yeah. Uh, yeah, observing the Sabbath is important to him. Yeah. yeah, and that's when you know a man's character is when he's willing mm. to close his stall on a Sunday where you can get maybe an extra like right. you know like like two times the the the, the yeah. profit usual, the yeah. revenue that you would on a normal week, weekday mm. to close on a Sunday to be right. able to yeah so that that's something that's really uh yeah yeah it t- it takes wow. something down to yeah do, it takes guts man to yeah. to, to, do, to make decisions like that right? mm. Mm. Yeah. that's pretty cool yeah. So how do you how do you even start like yeah when do you like well like when was like your yeah. first experience maybe you haven't even learned yet but like when was your first experience of cooking of cooking itself yeah okay I I, I remember being in the kitchen uh, at home with my grandmother mm. when I was like a wee little like lad like a little, little <laughs> wee tiny little lad wee little, <laughs> little lad wee little lad like a real like tiny boy and she'll put me up on on a stool and I didn't do anything but. She'll pass me like ingredients to throw into the pot. Okay. So she'll Aww. hold the chopping board and I'll just use my hands and push it in. And my mom, my parents, I know like this is going to sound really like like wuss, but sh- they bought me like a cooking set when I was a kid. Wow. Oh, okay. As in like a Like a masa-masa set. 
like a little, you know, like the toys. Right, 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 right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Not, 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 not like. Actual, yeah, not I was thinking stove. like the knife <laughs> and everything. Not, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That paring knife. That would be yeah. That would be irresponsible parenting. <laughs> Uh, no, they bought me like toys that okay. were like, you know, like little like bell peppers, little yeah, onions yeah. and like a fake cooking stove and stuff like that. And I, I think that's where it really started. Like my, my, my love for cooking, mm-hmm. uh, my love for food, just seeing my grandmother in the kitchen, being with my grandmother in the kitchen right. when she's making lunch for me, I get to be part of that process. Yeah. Putting in the diced carrots that she already diced earlier, the, the onions and stuff like that mm. um, and into the porridge that she, that she was making. So that's really my, my, the, the, the the clearest image of when I first started cooking. Um, but I think, yeah, just all throughout my life, like there's always been different marks of like my love for hospitality. Like mm. I remember when I was like seven or eight, I had friends who were coming over to for a play date kind okay. of thing. I got so excited. <laughs> I was like, I, I set up a table. <laughs> I set up a little like, you know, like those little like Ikea children's table yeah. out in the living room. I brought it all the way out, set up chairs. I put up bowls and, and spoons and forks. And I was like, I didn't know how to cook, right? So the only thing I could do was cereal. So I took out the cereal, I put it in the bowls. But Aww. I mean, seven-year-old me is like, okay, don't think that far ahead. Yeah. So I just put milk in all of them. <laughs> but then they took like maybe an hour, hour like two hours <laughs> before they came. And then by the time they got here, I was like soggy ass. So like, okay, I can't use that. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you redid the bowls then? Eh? I don't know. I, I, I don't remember oh, that part. But all I remember is like just the setting up and just being like really... Yeah excited to be able to host people and have people right, over okay. and cook for them. I think that's like, you know, like we talk about the five love languages. Yeah. I think that's like, for me, that's a six is, is cooking for people. Yeah. It's not an actual service. You're not. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, that, that, that being able to host people hot, mm. like, and right. give them something, you know, that, that, that will make them happy. I think yeah. that, that has always been in my heart since I was a kid. Right. Yeah, nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. So do you cook for your sister often? Oh, more, more, more than she would want to admit. <laughs> there were times that I've already brushed my teeth, ready to go to bed, and she's like, she comes out of her room with that, uh, with with those uh, baby eyes, and she's like, "God, oh. I'm hungry, I'm hungry," and they're like, "Oh my gosh, like no, I am tired. I'm going to go. I'm going to bed." And she's like, "Hmm," and she like pout a bit, and I'm like, "Oh." I got to do this. Okay, fine. So I went to go. So I like. So what do you do? Like so, uh, for a midnight snack like that? <laughs> a bit, a bit excessive because I would always do like carbonara. <laughs> She's coming closer. <laughs> and she can't speak. Yeah. So I get this chance. Yes. Right. She can't defend herself. But yeah. So yeah, carbonara's f- easy and fun. Mm. Like okay, so carbonara you have normally outside the cafes and stuff, right? Yeah. They use cream and bacon, which is like travesty. It's it's. <laughs> Wow. Italian nonas are turning, uh, flip, rolling around the grace because yeah, yeah. of that. Uh, the, the 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 original carbonara originated from Rome, right? Okay. And so what they had with them was uh, a type of sheep, matured sheep cheese called pecorino romano. Okay. Uh, and then they also used the 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 the, the pig the pig's cheek, okay. pig's jowl, right? Uh, and they cure it, and they uh, it's called guanciale. So normally instead of like bacon, they would use that. Right, right, right. And instead wow. of uh, cream and stuff, they use pecorino Shoot romano cheese, yeah. and Ooh. egg yolk. Wow. That's and what gives that Damn. that that silky creaminess to the dish. Yeah, no milk, no dip, like no cream, no yeah. heavy cream, and all that kind right, of right, right, like right, bullshit. Right, right. Yeah. So it's just it's really pecorino romano cheese with egg yolk. Um, uh, the, 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 the crisped up 
guanciale and then some of the pasta water because it has starch, right? right. That lands ah. is like it, it gives it the body and helps it become like really like oh. velvety, yeah, yeah, yeah. like so, viscous. So do you have yeah. all of these things in your house? Like, do you have the pecorino? Guanciale. Yeah, yeah, I have a pecorino Romana. in my fridge. What uh, the? You have a cheese shop like right down the yeah, street. Yeah, just right down the street. Oh, so it's yeah, like very yeah, I, I've been going to them quite quite a bit, yeah. like, and they kind of know me. And I think that's that's the beautiful thing about <coughs> like being a chef is because you you're not just alone in this industry you right. know other chefs you know suppliers you yeah. know people who supply mm. food you know your, your your front of house you get to make a lot of friends and you know a lot of people That's from true. everywhere mm. yeah and 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 just and just picking their brains about what they're good at yeah like talking to the guys at the cheese shop like I, I know a bit of cheese because I, I have to serve cheese in my yeah. restaurant but I don't know everything about but cheese don't I don't know all the varieties mm. I don't know what goes well with, with, with this thing I'm doing mm. And it's always nice to be able to have that conversation with them and yeah. ask them how do you how do you think up these things yeah. you know and all the kind of stuff and they would know because that's they've been doing yeah. that for years yeah and yeah so like it's pretty cool. yeah I think I think if 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 you love pastas and stuff like pecorino romano and all these are, are just staples in your in your in your fridge in your yes, pantry yeah, yeah. Why you look at me he loves <laughs> pasta like he loves it yeah I li- but I like uh what's, what's the pasta called the one with the tomato base uh. Bolognese. Bolognese. Yeah, that's yeah. Should, that's or Bolognese. Oh, I've been sorry. pronouncing it wrongly this whole time. <laughs> I, I just want to be res- very respectful to my Italian chefs. Uh, How do you learn all this? Like on the job or like in school? I, I, I didn't go to school. Yeah, yeah, so that's the thing. Wow. You didn't go to culinary school okay, at all. Okay, I'm going to say this and Let's go. Uh, WSQ and Skills oh. Future might, might hunt me down <laughs> for this. But I think it is right. better to just go straight into the kitchen right. instead of go- going to so culinary school. Yeah, because first, a few things. You have to pay for culinary school. Yeah. Right? You don't want to be in debt when you're earning like peanuts Okay. after that, right? So schools are good because they, 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 they teach you the very basics. Uh, gives you a lot of exposure to different ingredients that you, would, you wouldn't otherwise have ex- been, been exposed to. Okay. Um, it's structured. So if, you're, if, if, if you thrive with structure like I do, if you, if you need to know... Like if you need to be able to like have like small little increments of progress in your learning style, then yes, okay, go to school. Mm. Uh, and and if or if let's say you're not sure entirely sure you want to dive right into that world, yeah, go to school, figure it out. Uh, and I think if I'm not wrong, Skills Future does uh subsidize a big part of culinary schools oh. here in Singapore. So like places like Shatek, Suntech, uh, the Shatek, uh, oh, Shatek and uh, all these other places, right? Uh, sunrise, sorry, not not yeah. Sunrise, Shatak, and these places. Uh, these are yeah. culinary schools. Culinary schools in Singapore nice. that the government subsidize yeah, yeah, quite yeah. pretty heavily. So you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have to pay that much. Yeah. Uh, so if that's something you are interested in doing, yeah, say so go for it. Just spend maybe a year, like because culinary schools typically the the, the program is about a year two years. Oh, okay. And that's then quick. and then towards the end uh, you have a six months of like in like a right. apprenticeship mm. at a at a reputable hotel in Singapore. Yeah. Um and and you get a test like see if that's the kind of life that you want. Yeah. Um but a lot of chefs that I've spoken to before I went into to it they're saying no like skip that route. If you if if you want to do this, if you're really passionate about this, just knock on doors and say, hey, I'm a Singaporean and I want to work. And that normally it's enough for you oh, to get really? in restaurants oh. in the kitchens. Oh. Yeah, because... What is it about Singaporeans? Yeah. Because in the kitchens, like, you know how we have like quotas, right? For, for uh, okay. Yeah. And, and the thing is, a lot of Singaporeans don't want to be in the kitchen. 
I see. Right. Okay. We're all about the uh, the lawyer jobs, mm. the doctor jobs, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. corporate, you know, the corporate jobs. Because those are well paying, kind of good life. You get work, work life balance. Mm. But in the kitchen, it's it's seen as a blue collar job. You're working right. 12, 14 right. hours a day, sit five, six days a week. You miss uh, school, like you miss like public holidays. You miss birthdays. You miss anniversaries. Mm. You miss your friends' weddings because you're always working on weekends. So your weekends are on on weekdays, but when your when your friends are, you know, when your friends work on weekdays, they they are off on weekends. Yeah. And so you and you work nights as well, so you yeah. don't get to go for dinners, uh, yeah, with your friends and stuff like that. So, yeah. So I I I think that is is a real big sacrifice to a lot of people mm. to be able to say, hey, mm. I want to do this. I want to. Yeah. yeah. But if you're really passionate about it, if that's something you really love and 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 you want to do something that you know mm. you feel has meaning and purpose mm. and, and, and that's meaningful and purposeful for you then yeah sh- like very few Singaporeans are, are like that mm. and so because of that you have a real lack of manpower right. in the kitchens that are coming from Singaporeans yeah. and so a lot of the quotas are already maxed out so you can't hire more foreigners so but if you hire another Singaporean then they it, it kind of eases us off like their, their, their quotas so a lot of a lot of establishments will want to hire Singaporeans because yeah, like you know, like mm. then they can hire more people as well. Yeah, um, right. yeah. Foreign talents and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so and so if, if if you're a Singaporean and you're looking to get into this, and and you don't want to spend like two years in a culinary school paying like eleven eleven grand for it, mm. ooh, it's a lot. Money. Just knock on doors and say, hey, I'm willing to do anything. I'm willing to like you know like peel potatoes. I'm willing to yeah. pluck coriander leaves. I'm willing to pluck out like little like pasty li- leaves and stuff like that, which was how I started out like. All I did in the kitchen for like two hours was just plucking leaves. Wow. Yeah, that they were going to use for garnish. Yeah. Yeah. Where was and the first restaurant that you worked mm. at? Uh, okay, the first the first place I worked at was uh, a place called Abong's Italian. Uh, then they are no longer around. Uh, Wait, yeah. Isn't it the very quite a famous... Yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. The, the plates are the, like the plastic plastic plates. Are the, uh, the, 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 the old school, the old school, like yeah, the one yeah, the, yeah. The, the rooster on it, the Chinese yeah, yeah, yeah. kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah. They were first at Tiong Baru. They were like, they were the pasta stall at the Kopitiam kind of okay, yeah. thing. Mm. So Chris is uh, a friend of mine as well. Uh, the he's owner a chef of the owner. Yeah, he's a right. chef owner of that place. And so I used to go there back in when I was in the, my NS days, uh, on my off days, whenever I book out, I'll go there and uh, like grab a plate of pasta from him. It was like $8 and it was really good. <coughs> I like, wow, really love it. Like struck a conversation with him and all that kind of stuff. And then after that, shortly after that, he he found a place at Tanquilan Street in Bugis. Okay. And he opened there. And then I was like, at the end of, at the end of my service, I was like, I, I was like, okay, why not just try? Like, hey, like, you know, I would really mm-hmm. love to learn. Like, can I can I come? He's like, yeah. Like, let's 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 talk about it. Went yeah. out for interview. Basically, just uh, just wanted to make sure that this is what I wanted. Yeah. Because mm. like you know the hours are long and all that mm. kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, uh, I'm willing to give it a shot. So I I worked for him for I think a few months. Uh, yeah, and then uh he got another offer to to open up a canteen stall at his daughter's school and he wanted ah. to be closer to his daughter and he wanted to make food yeah. for 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 kids that were wow. nutritious and and healthy he did he, he he got really angry about how like they are eating fish balls and processed yeah. nuggets and stuff like that that he he wants to be the jamie oliver of singapore <laughs> right wow. going to schools and reforming yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. their, their, the their nutrition and, and yeah. diets and stuff like that so he so he so he decided okay i'm gonna close this place i'm gonna go to the canteen and that's when i stopped working with him yeah uh, but then shortly after that, like I found places, uh, other places to work on a part-time basis as well. So yeah, dif- different places. I worked at Mexican places. I worked at bars as well. 
like bar bites and like you know like okay. yeah. yeah craft beer bars wait like which which mexican places uh Oh, you're gonna get me fu- you're gonna get me so like <laughs> screwed man like everyone's gonna be like what is this guy like talking about uh yeah uh, uh yeah i worked at super local before wait are you not yeah. supposed to say where you worked before yeah, i don't yeah. know i don't know the dynamics of this but the thing is because ev- like the current wall is so small okay you make one mistake here you make what everyone knows about it all the chefs would have mm. heard about it ah. uh, and if you piss one person off then you piss everyone off kind of thing it's just kind of like I don't know. It's just not very nice. Like I it's see. just very unhealthy as well. Okay. Mm. Kind of like pressure. We'll protect you. Right, yeah. We'll yeah. protect you. We'll edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it's it's fine. Like I I don't think I get into that much trouble anyway. So I'm I'm a scrub. I'm a literal scrub. Like, who am I? I'm not like a head chef You're of like a, a famous restaurant, shitting on another restaurant or anything. <laughs> like yeah, so it's fine. Like I'm just yeah, but. So I worked at Super Local mm. part time basis uh, for for a couple months. So you learn how to make tacos, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. As in not not <laughs> the <laughs> shells because we we buy the mm. shells, mm. but the fillings, uh, the fillings and stuff oh, right. like just braising, mm. roasting and stuff like that. Okay, we need to learn that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 that was also the place where I had my first major cut. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, that's something oh, that yeah. I was always very afraid of because like you hear stories from chefs like oh like I got this like. Cut and cut. It's always like a battle scar for them. Yeah. yeah I was like, I don't yeah. want to get cut. <laughs> and so, like, for the longest time, I was just very, very nervous of when that time was gonna come. <laughs> Every chef needs to get cut. Once getting married, and then, and yeah. then, <laughs> yeah, it's like a huge commitment. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so there was one night, one 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 service in the evening that I was like, just it was getting quieter already towards right. the end of the service, and I was just okay. I'm finishing up some stuff. We were like cutting. I was cutting lime wedges for garnishing. Yeah. And and the thing with lime wedges is that you can't. Normally, you would cut out your fingers to cut things. Yeah. Right. So that you your 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 blade is against your knuckles, yeah. so they will never cut your fingers. Mm. But with limes, because you you, go it's a it's a round it's a round object, you can't do that because it will roll off. You need to hold it like with a pincer grab. Yeah. Place a knife between your fingers and slice it downwards. Mm. And I. Back then, like I, I didn't have my own knife and all that, so I was using the, the head chef's knife, and I don't think he sharpened it. It's, I, it's okay, I can see this because he don't he d- doesn't work in Singapore anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't sharpen his own knife, so I think it got quite blunt, and okay. I wasn't very sure mm. as well. Like, I, I I didn't know. You're gonna so go take like, his knife and go I sharpen. Just, it. I was just cutting it. No, the sharpening knife is not holding knife. So the the, the you know the Gordon's thing yeah, that he yeah. holds a steel and then he that's not sharpening. That's yeah, just uh, holding. That just right. basically pushes the edge back. To its original position, ah. sharpening is you're removing the steel, creating a new edge, oh, and that requires okay, okay. a stone. So you do like the the, the grinding. I see. So so that is not that is just like for temporary. Yeah, measure. yeah, yeah. That's just temporary like measure. Like if you're like during service, you need yeah. to you know like just like hone it real quick, just to re like like get back some of the edge. Yeah, yeah then you do that. But ah, if you want, okay. if your knife is blunt, no matter how many times you do that, it's not gonna get sharp. Okay, mm. okay, okay. Yeah, so 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 I couldn't do much about it. I did my own sh- own knife either, and that's the only knife that was available. So I was just cutting. So I was just cutting between, and then like cutting into like threes. Yeah, and that was. I think I was just getting a bit tired, a bit like not very not paying too much attention. Mm. I was trying to cut, and it didn't go down very smoothly. Ooh. So that's why Gordon Ramsay always says a blunt knife. It's a dangerous knife. A right. sharp knife is the one that's actually safe. Yeah. Aww. Right. Because you can control where the knife goes. Blunt knife you can't. Because you gotta press. It will, and if you're and, and you're because you're putting more pressure on it, yeah. and if it slips, it slips, and that was what happened to me. It slipped, Aww. and it went down my middle finger, and my 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 ring finger on my left hand, 
and to wow. to this day you can still see the scar like it, it got quite deep to the point like it almost hit the bone yeah wow. and then it just and, and then it just bled out all over the counter and everything and i was like freaking out i turned on the tap try to wash it out and then my head was like what's going on said, oh my gosh you cut yourself all kinds of stuff <laughs> and i was like okay then he's like when to bandage me up yeah I just it felt like the worst experience ever because it's not about the cutting yourself part. yeah 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 it's about everyone seeing them be like yo we're in the middle of service you cut yourself yeah now like we have to cover for like, you know we cover your station now mm. things are gonna get jammed up things are gonna get stuck at the pass uh. and right and then people are mocking you and like making fun of you which is why the one thing about the kitchen that i really really hate is the culture is the work culture of the kitchen okay mm. and i think it is unfortunately i think most kitchens share the same work culture okay yeah uh, where where people so would flex on one another. A bit elite, yeah. elite in, in in a kind of way. Like you, you gotta it's be, you gotta be good to to deserve respect. Or I I I will quote one of my favorite uh my chefs out there who, mm. who who said that. The 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 culture in the kitchen is almost one that's like, there's this, there's this mes- masochistic bravado of it about huh. it. Okay. Where the more you hurt, the more you suffer. The longer you work, the the the. The more you harm yourself, yeah, because of the working hours and just the better you are as I a see, chef. I see, I see. If if you if you don't work the same hours as everyone else, if you don't like you know, bust your bust your back, you know, like working at a kitchen, have you really worked at a kitchen? Yeah, you yeah. know that kind of idea. Yeah. And so people will use that to 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 assert dominance over other people. Mm. Other How long sucks. you worked? Yeah, you know, like you just came here from off. Like, you know, I've been working 10 days straight. Mm. What about you, you know? Yeah. So you, like, you have no right to complain. You have no right to, to, to move slower than I do. You know, right. if anyone hurts, I'm the one hurting. If anyone's like tired, I'm the one that's tired. So you cannot, you, you cannot even make a, make a sound. Yeah. You just, you, you just need to put your head down and just get, get to working. You just need to get to grinding, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and if you're sick, oh my gosh, that's like the, 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 the oh. biggest sin in, in the kitchen. If you're sick, you come back to work. Whoa. Yeah, if if you have a flu, you put on a mask. If you have diarrhea, just wash your hands. Whoa. You just get back to work. And there was once I, <laughs> I I had a bad bout of like 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 stomach pains. Yeah. And and and, and diarrhea, and I was at the hotel already. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I I, I don't think I should do this. It's so it's so it's so gross, right? Yeah, like you can't. Uh. And so I texted my chef. I said, hey, I am gonna go see a doctor right now. Get some pills. Hopefully, I'll be better by tomorrow. I'll come back tomorrow. Next day when I came back, the entire kitchen knew about it. Like, oh, Ezra on, on MCR, Sigar, Ezra, Sigar, that kind of thing. And then my junior suit pulled me aside and he said, you know, like if you have diarrhea, you just come into work. Oh my God. Like, and, and he didn't say this like on an official level. He said it as, as a friend. He said, because you see, when you took MC, right, everyone, everyone's going to make fun of you. Everyone's going to think that oh. you're, you, you know, be like me. What I did was, you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I was sick. I came here. People could see that I was sick. And then they sent me home. Right, okay. And, oh. I, and, and this is not unique to the workplace, to the, to the place I'm working at. This is, this is every... This is the work culture in most places. Mm. Where if you're sick, right, you just got to work until, until you, you look like death. Yeah, and that's yeah. the only time you quit. Oh. It's when someone else tells you that you hey, can like, quit. Like, Someone gives you the permission yeah, to, to like quit. relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To like, okay, you go and see the doctor. Yeah. And then you go back home for half a day and then you come back, come back the next day. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and if you want to get into this industry, 
that is also something you need to be mindful of. Mm. Is that for sure? Yeah, we talk about mental health and and all that. I think I think in kitchens, right, it's it's one of the worst places for 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 mental well beings. Mm. A lot of chef like suffer from depression because of this, because of the intensity and and because of the the, the work culture and how toxic it is. Oh. Yeah. This is difficult. Uh, it, it got deep real fast. Yeah. It got real like. <laughs> got real heavy. Like, no, yeah, but but I, I think yeah, I yeah. think that that's an important important part of. Uh, like, yeah, worth noting actually. Yeah, it. Of, yeah, of I'm not sure if you want to go there, yeah. but no, 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 no it's there, for sure. So like, okay, besides that, yeah. maybe let's talk about um the different types of challenges that that mm. uh that a chef might have as well. Like this is one yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. Talking about that is one of them. So yeah. what are others? Um, okay, so like the, the very old school style of like kitchens, like I said, you know, very aggressive, very like, uh, like they'll throw pots and pans across the, the kitchen and throw yeah. an ice mm-hmm. and stuff like that. She yell at you and I've not met a, I've not met a chef. I've not met, I've not been in a kitchen that's like that anymore. Okay. I, I think also because there's more awareness about like <laughs> that kind of, the kind of style yeah, of working. Behavior, yeah. You're not allowed to behave like this anymore. Mm. So uh, when you watch Hell's Kitchen, watch uh, the F word and all that kind of stuff, all these uh, like Gordon Ramsay shows, right? Uh, yeah, there, there, there are still like kitchens out there that's like that, right? Okay. But I think that 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 has kind of like caused the next generation of, of of chefs to be like, no, I don't do do what my chef did. That was that was like really like mm. terrible and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then there's also then so then in their reaction, they they withdrew themselves to becoming very passive aggressive. You oh, know, okay. Uh, right, so okay. so, I mean, okay, like the the typical challenges would would normally be okay. Get trying to get things done on time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, try try to maneuver in such a way you don't kill yourself while mm-hmm. you're working. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but apart from that, I think most of the challenges comes from people. Okay. Yeah, because you're working in such a tight, confined space with, with like ten other people, and everyone and it's hot and it's busy and it's messy as like pots are clanging and, and, and it's noisy it, it gets people riled up really mm. quickly okay and so everyone's on the hair trigger you know anytime anything can can get them like to like explode blow off yeah. uh, and so so learning how to maneuver through that mm. uh, work around that uh, and, and also let things go okay right yeah it's, 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 it's some of the challenges like, where I, that I faced when I first worked at the kitchen okay yeah I, I I don't know, but I think I think a lot of times, like before that, I would think all oh, the challenges would be just be standing up for like fourteen hours <laughs> yeah. a day, wow. carrying heavy things mm. and burning myself, mm. or like you know, sweating over the stove. Those are those are nothing, man. Like compared to like the the, the softer skills that you need to learn, mm. and mm. and that's why that's why I that's why chefs will also advocate for you to go work in the kitchen rather than being in a culinary school, right? Because mm. it's such a sterile, safe environment yeah, in, the, yeah. in the school. Mm. Yeah, but if you want to know if this is for you, you gotta work in the kitchen mm. to feel the heat, not from the stove, but from the people, wow. from the yeah, chefs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And 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 that's when you need to learn. Okay, you know some things are not worth fighting for. Mm. Some some things are not worth fighting about. Yeah, mm. something that someone said, I'm just gonna let it go. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about that later. But right now, like, yeah, it, get, it's get not gonna to help anyone. Yeah, yeah. And you learn how to communicate with people a lot better. Right. Right. Because, uh. If 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 you don't communicate well, someone doesn't know that you're doing this, and they might do the same thing, and then you mm. end up with mm. the two of the same things, and then you need to throw one away. Yeah, and that's gonna cause wastage and all that kind of stuff. So learning how to communicate with people, being very explicit with your instructions, explicit with with what you're doing right now, how long you're gonna take, mm. uh, 
even when you're walking behind them to tell them, hey, I'm behind you. Yeah. It's it's such a simple thing, but mm. no one really thinks about it because you never had to have do that. But when you when you when you have someone trip over you because you didn't say you're behind them mm. and they're carrying a pot of hot, oh no, like stock. Yeah. You will remember it for life. I, it didn't happen to me, but like there was there was there was a time a head chef like bumped into me and he gave me like the the scolding of yeah. a lifetime. Like, uh-huh. Like say your back, make some noise so that I know that you're behind me. You know, yeah, like yeah. If, what if I'm carrying a knife and I drop the knife, or if I I trip over and the knife, like I punch the knife into someone else. Yeah, mm. you don't want that kind of thing on your hands. Mm. Yeah. So just learning to communicate and learning yeah. how to deal with, yeah, people are complex and people are complicated and people have emotions are messy. Mm. Um. And and a lot of times when you're in this kind of environment, you're not you're not there because you know you you are very zen. Yeah. You know, you've worked out all your mommy and daddy issues beforehand. <laughs> you, you didn't go for like, you know, 100 hours of therapy and counseling. Um, it was it was because, yeah, like a lot of people, like they didn't have the, the opportunity yeah. and the awareness to deal with these things. And so, and, and when you're such in a tight space and such intensity, a lot of these issues come up to the surface a lot mm. more mm. often sure. than you would see in a, a very nice like office yeah. job where it's just very quiet mm. right in, in, in these places you you tend to see wow like a lot of things that, that they're dealing with before mm. they came into the kitchen are coming yeah. out and it's not particularly something you did but something that but it's it's a trigger that they get and they would respond in such, such a way mm. um, yeah and so, and so I think these things are, are something that I had, learned, had to learn to deal with yeah. a lot more mm. and to say, okay, like, you know what? Like, we're all struggling with something. Mm. We all have right. something in our yeah. in our past. There's something in the, like that we're carrying some baggage mm. and, and to be able to show grace to these people and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, once the service is over, like, if you want to talk about it, we can, but if you don't want to talk about it, like, just know that, like, there are no hard feelings yeah, about yeah. it. You know, yeah. like, this is what being in, you know, the kitchen is going to look yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. So how do you find that balance? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think balance is not about holding two things mm. in in equal weight. Mm. I think it's very hard if you're if that's your ideal, because uh, the the nature of the job takes you away from. It's not even because you're busy. Even if you're working at a really chill place, you're open for dinner, right? Mm. So if you're open for dinner, you can't ha- you can't go home for dinner with your family. You okay, have dinner yeah. with family. You you're working on weekends, so you can't go out with friends on the on the weekends. You can't have dinner with your family on the weekends. You can't do the things that you're invested in. Yeah. I I couldn't go for church. I couldn't go to church for a year, and that was oh. a big part of my life. Oh wow. Um. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. So for a whole year, I I couldn't do any of that. Um. But but I believe that balance is is about seasons, right? If my entire like life for the rest of my life, you know, however long however long I live in. This is all my life, right? That's that's all my life is about. It's about being in the kitchen, earning those stars. Yeah. Now say that's then that's not ba- like you know like that's not that's not healthy. But recognizing that you know there are seasons where you you gotta be in it for a year, two years. Um. But then always keeping the flame alive, always saying okay, you know this is not, this does not determine my identity. Right, right, right. Not my identity is you. not built around my career. It's not yeah. built around the food I make. It's not even built around like the, the customers that I please, the guests that I please. Mm. Mm. Finding the identity, I think is important to mm. be able to find the balance. Mm. When you know that you're loved and you're, and you're accepted for who you are, that you are intrinsically, uh, you have intrinsic worth in you, yeah. inherent worth, then the things that you do wouldn't, wouldn't reflect 
that you know would w- would reflect that that security in your own self. Yeah, mm. you're right. Um, and and so like you can be working sixteen hours a day and still be at peace. Mm. Oh. But there are chefs who are there who are who are dealing with a lot of things that 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 haven't been dealt with because they just wasn't brought in an environment that encouraged taking care of yourself, taking care of your mental health, taking care of you know your 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 relationships. Yeah, and you can work like eight hours a day and still be stressed and 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 feel really down all the time right yeah so i i that's also something i had to wrestle with mm. uh being being aware i'm at because i i recognize like man like i can't do i can't keep doing this mm. i i'm missing out on milestones i'm missing out on f- on, on on going out with friends and right. and it's not just about going out, but it's but being in their lives, being involved there, yeah, yeah. in their lives, being invested in, in, yeah. in your community. And for the longest time, I, I there were times where I'm like, oh man, like, like, it's like sucks, do I uh, really want to do this anymore? Right, right. right, like, and I really had to like figure and reckon with, with what is in front of me. Mm. Mm. Like, how long am I going to be in this? Am I going to be in this forever? If I'm going to be in this forever, then I need to do something that, that makes it sustainable. Okay. Mm. Right? So yeah. on that note, mm. uh, you've been working. You've been working as a chef for how many years? Um, where I'm at right now for a year. Before that, I was working in different places. Yeah, some part time basis. So about two years total. So it's not. It's not like it's it's nothing. Like yeah. two years in the in the industry is nothing. Yeah. Compared to people who worked like ten years. Like, okay. Yeah. So uh, what do you see? What do you see yourself doing? And how how do you see yourself progressing in the next couple of years? Wow, (laughs) (laughs) I want to know as well. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so okay, so like like I said, I have to reckon with okay, like what am I gonna do? Yeah, like if this is all there is in life, Mm. I don't think I want this anymore. True. Um, It's always been a very important part of my life to to invest in people and invest in lives and Mm. make like impact communities. Okay, and so and also because. I think part of my Christian upbringing was like involved a lot of going to going overseas into like like different different countries and doing missions in those countries yeah. and, and one of the nations that was, was really really heavy on my heart was uh was is, is the country of Timor Leste mm. mm. yeah and so I've, I've been in and out like six times already oh wow um and so that was like okay I really want to like you know just be a missionary here okay right. Um, and I was like, man, how do I do this and all that kind of stuff? And I was like, I want to be a chef. Um, and then, and then, uh, like, yeah, just 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 going through life and everything, and being like, okay, like, th- there needs to be more than this. Mm. Um, and it was like one fine day, I was, I think, I was kind of like, you know, thinking about it again, stressing about it, talking to my friend about it, and she was like, hey, like, why don't you, why don't you go to, why don't you, you know, like, work in Timor. Yeah, why as a chef. Yeah, why do you work in Timor Leste? But Timor Leste is, they're they're they've been through a lot. Like as a as a nation, it's war torn. Infrastructures uh, are lacking, and so because of that, like you don't have a lot of investments coming in. You okay. don't have you know like, in order to Restaurants do what I do right now, up, yeah. requires buying power. You don't have that buying power. Yeah, right. And so for the longest time, I I I, I had this mindset like it will never happen. Mm. If I even if I do even if I do go there, it won't be at the capacity as a chef. Mm. Yeah. But then I, Dato Edward, he's a he's a businessman who who develops uh, hotels, in in the most rural of places mm. in the 
most unassuming places, places that businesses businesses wouldn't go mm. because he believes in investing in the community. Mm. He believes in investing in in, in, in those in those uh, areas. Yeah. And so my friend was like, why don't you talk to him? Okay. Right? Because yeah. he's going to build a, a resort in East Timor. And so, like long story short, met up with him, realized that, what, man, like I really share like that, that, that vision that he has and that, yeah, the, the, the kind of passion that he has. And he was like, hey, why don't you come and work for me? Yeah. And so that's that's in the talks right now. Um, and and I'm, I'm not sure how that will go. I'm not sure what it will look like. I I don't even know if it's happening. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, like I think that, I think being able to find like yourself in what you do, mm. right? Rather than finding like, you know, like, like using these things to, uh, to, to make up who you are. Yeah. To me, investing in lives, impacting communities, loving on people, seeing justice happen, these things are important to me. Mm. And then, and then like seeking, how, how can I use what I already have? To help do, do yeah, that. To, yeah, to, to do those things. Yeah. To love on people, to invest in community, and impact community. And nice. I guess one of the things is, is yeah, making that shift and, and saying, okay, you know what? Like I will, I will want to train up young people uh, who who are who are struggling in school, struggling, you know, to to make ends meet, mm. to give them a skill, to be able to help them help themselves. Yeah, yeah, and so that's kind of like the the real like brief summary of what I think you know like it's gonna my happen. future could look like. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, cool. Okay. On the note of um your because you jumped right from different mm. like like places. Yeah. So like, how do you how does one like progress in that way like do you do you learn a lot in one and then you like you trying to learn other stuff in another one yeah, yeah so i think i think a lot of things that you need to do uh being in the kitchen is not so much of like just yeah just doing what's on your plate mm. yeah if the the best way you can like you know rise up in a career right is is to have your eyes open mm. to everything that everyone's doing. Mm, okay. Like I think the tendency a lot of times is because we're s- we're already swamped with what we have. Mm. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm like damn tired. I can't I can't do this anymore. But yeah, like keep your eyes open. Talk to people uh, in the kitchen when they're doing their things. Right. Even if you have mise plus to do, if you have your prep to do, mm. bring your chopping board, bring your knife, bring the things that you need to cut next to them. Look at what they're doing as you're doing your own mm. thing, mm. and that's when you start to learn. Right. Mm. And okay. ask questions. Why he like, oh, how come how can you do it this way? Yeah. Or oh, is there a better way to do this? Mm. Uh like, you know, when you're when you're doing your own mission plus and you realize hey actually I'm taking really long to do this. Talk to someone and say, Hey, just quick, like is, do you have like, you know, uh, any tips about how to do this? Like yeah. real quick. Um sometimes they will like tell you to F off, yeah. right? Because <laughs> they're busy. But <laughs> but sometimes yeah, like you never know until you ask and then and, and that's when you learn. Mm. Right. And then, or in, in other times when you're, if you're a bit more free, explore ideas with them. Mm. Pick their brains. Being like, you've been in, the, in this industry longer than I have been, right? What are some things that you love? What's this, what are some flavors that you, you, you enjoy? What are some of the best places you've been to? Pick their brains about, yeah, like, like, like what makes them alive? What helps mm. them come alive? And, right. and as you do this, you, as you pick out different ideas and, you, and that's where you build your own like, like philosophy in cooking. Yeah. Right, you see what people enjoy because there must be a reason why people enjoy the things that they enjoy. Yeah, right. It can't be just because like oh like yeah, it's just built in you. Yeah, yeah. I think the things that you enjoy are gonna be different from the things I enjoy. Mm. And when you're able to appreciate what other people enjoy, 
is when you are you become a lot more versatile as a mm. chef. Mm. You're not so stuck in the I hate peas and then I'm never eating peas. But there's someone out there who loves peas yeah. and why they love peas. What about peas makes them so <laughs> Okay, I realize I'm saying peace a lot, peace. but what, <laughs> what about you know like like different things like like they they that they like so much mm. Mm. and learn to appreciate. It. it may not be your favorite. It may not be something that you end up you know mm. like going to, but knowing what people like and why they like it and how to make it better, yeah, it's definitely gonna help you in the future when you're when you have to plan a menu when you have to you know, mm. incorporate flavors and ideas into mm. you know, different dishes. To know how things work together, right. mm. yeah. Apart from the, the the usual things like usual pairings, like oh, you know, like apple with pork, you mm. know, things like that. You want to be able to expand your flavor profile, you know, yeah, your vocabulary. Apple with idea. pork. I just think I was just thinking about it. Apple with, with pork. pork. Yeah, apple sauce with pork chops. Like that's good, the uh. classic. Oh, or is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Like what's, what's like a what's your most favorite dish? Like what's uh, your pr- dish that you're most proud yeah, of? Actually, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, like. This is the question that chefs get all the time and <laughs> never have an answer to. Oh no! Okay, yeah. three, three, three. Okay, cuisine. Wait, wait. Cuisine. Okay, so <laughs> okay, cuisine, cuisine. Things I've made before. Things like okay, no cuisine. Let's let's okay. let's, let's start yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cuisine. Favorite cuisine. Yeah. 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 Let's start there. I think growing up, I've always been like really fascinated with Western Western cuisines. Okay. And I but as I as I as I grew older, as I start to open my eyes, I realized, hey, actually, there's so much beauty in Chinese. in our own culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I think. Because of like the history of the of the way the French did things, yeah. it exported their culture so much that people automatically assume that that's what it should like, look like. It should look like that. Mm. That's what fine dining looks like, and fine dining is always associated with high mm. class and right. upper class. And so people always make that link. Mm. But then, dude, the work that goes into a plate of chakwetel at your hawker center, yeah, exactly. The, the amount of trial, uh, like testing and trials at your favorite place that they have to go through on a daily basis, yeah, to make something taste better, dude. They spend twenty years working on one thing, right? Yeah. Whereas a French chef has to like you know like learn has, like, all the different things, learn all yeah. the different sauces, and they're not always the best at it. But mm. yeah. but because of that mindset, right? Like that people have that that the French food is automatically more expensive, upper class, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it devalues our culture. It devalues like the the the, the work mm. and the effort, the diligence, the the the, uh, the the sweat and the blood that goes into our own food and yeah. mm. so it's in recent years I'm like man like there's so much beauty in in in, in our culture yeah whether be it you know like in Chinese cooking or Indian cooking mm. right in Peranakan stuff mm. you know um so I would definitely say that Singaporean cuisine is one of my tops okay because I think there's nowhere else in the world that, that yeah that has like the, that. the the dynamics that we have mm-hmm. we are a very we are a country in Asian culture in an Asian community yeah that's very westernized in our thinking, mm. Mm. right? It's it's where the east kind of meets mm. the west a lot, and we are not we're not we're not just um, an Asian nation. We are Asian nation with influ- uh, with affluence. Yeah, where we attract all, all sorts of people, all sorts of cultures, more so than I think a, a lot of places in the world. And so when you have different cultures working together, different cultures coming together, and that's where. Like the thing I talk about, but learning what people like and learning what yeah. people enjoy, mm. and that's when you com- start to combine things, and that's when you start to see innovation the in good the parts cuisine. Of everything, uh, so yeah. there are things that in Singapore that I feel like you can only find in Singapore. You can't find elsewhere. Yeah. You can't. You can have a really good plate of chakwetel, walk across the street, and have a like a real good fine dining place. You know, mm. that's and, true. And it's all within like reach of each other. And 
chefs at these fine dining places love to go to these hotel yeah. centers <laughs> to, to have their meals. And, That's true. And, and, and that kind of like interaction with one another sparks new ideas and sparks mm. new innovations. And it's just, man, like, yeah, like, it's, it's crazy because, yeah, like, Singaporean food and cuisine is so under, like, so under the radar in a lot of places. You go to, you go to, you go to the States, right? Yeah. I was in Fort Lauderdale like a few years ago. Fort Lauderdale? Oh, Isn't that in Miami? Florida. Yeah, yeah, Florida, Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was in Fort Lauderdale a few years ago and I was like, ah, craving Chinese food. I went to yeah. Chinese place and I was like, the only thing that was on there that was Singaporeans was Singaporean noodles. <laughs> they always have Same. that, right? And it's and not it's even always like... Singaporean. Yeah, Singapore but noodles. I don't like, understand. Man, like, but it's what? not even... Okay, here's the thing. We do have Singapore noodles. Yeah, but what If you kind? go to Tsuta, right? And you order Singto Mi Fun, right? Right. That is Singapore noodles. Uh, but it's not a national dish. It's not something you're famous for. It's not yeah. something that, 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 that people, you know, like, spend their lives, like, cr- like perfecting that craft. Yeah. So that shouldn't be on the national, like, the That shouldn't stage. be called the Singaporean noodles. Yeah. 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 Like, maybe Chao Kotel, okay. Yeah, maybe Chao Kotel. But then, okay, the Malaysians really? are going to get mad yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're like, yeah, that's yeah. ours. <laughs> what I think they don't have is our Hokkien Mee. Our yeah. version of Hokkien Mee. Right, right, they right. don't have our version of Hokkien Mee. Wait, so our version of Hokkien Mee is soupier or dry? Depends Which? on where you go, but like okay. ours is not the one that's like the thick noodles with the black, right? Like okay. the, the dark soy sauce. Mm. Ours is the yeah, the very heavy like seafood forward, like yeah, the yeah. prawns forward, yes. like with the lard, you know, like yeah. and the, the, the the rich stock, like oh my, and then you squeeze the calamansi over it. Yeah. Oh, and it just cuts through <laughs> the richness of like everything yeah. with like a very. Next fresh, time I like, bring, come to my place, have a uh, hockey me at my place. Where, 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 pioneer. Uh, pioneer, pioneer, pioneer. Okay, it's okay, I, I, it's okay. It's okay for us. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Ten minute drive. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. really very. Yeah. Good. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite Hokkien Mee place? The one that, at your that partner, one, the one Pioneer. Really. Does he really want to send in Pioneer to? Oh yeah. To <laughs> school. No, but he will go for food. But you come for Hokkien Mee. <laughs> for, <laughs> for food is a different thing. Yes, yeah. for food is a different thing, man. Like family is like you know you see them every day. Food you don't get a taste every day. But yes, that place I think is really quite good. The Hokkien Mee. Yeah. Then got abalone as well. อันนั้นเนาะอันนั้นเนาะอย่าโนเวทรายโอเคโอเคอีโซโซเดดดิชเดสคีมิกเดดดิชเดฮอกกินไอคันอืมไอโซโซเดสเดสเดสวันออฟ
and what goes into the chicken stock is mm. also important. The aromatics you use. Yeah. Some use ginger, garlic, uh, and onions. Some don't use onions because they don't want the taste of onions to overpower the entire thing. Oh, wow. Then you have pandan leaves as well, which people don't talk about because they, do, they don't it's just, know. It's just inside it the, is, yeah. It's just inside the rice. Oh, I didn't know yeah. there are pandan leaves. Yeah, my dad uses that. And like, how do you attain that glistening like individual <laughs> rice grains? Yeah. Right? Some places you go like... Clumpy. Tian Tian yeah. Chicken Rice and Maxwell. I'm going to call them out right now because <laughs> they don't deserve the, 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 the Bib Goman. They don't deserve any of that. Like, the, the rice is sticky, the rice is mushy, the rice is like wet. Wow. Right? If 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 Uncle Roger sees that, Uncle he Roger. will roast it so bad. Who's Uncle Roger? Nigel Ang, uh, the comedian. The one who roasted um, um, Hersha on the, on yeah, the egg yeah. fried rice. Yeah, yeah. Because like, she made YouTube. it like weirdly. And then okay, I need to figure out. I need to take a look at this later. Yeah, so it's like, and, and, and Gordon Ramsay made a, like a show with them. Like, mate, yeah. there's so many better chicken rice out there. Like, probably like, Two stores down the road. Yeah. Two, do- like two stores down the road. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just because they have clout. You know, yeah, they really yeah, have the, yeah. the, 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 the credit like the, mm. you know, People you, say, oh, they're yeah, not bad. You, you, got, you got a street cred because Anthony Bourdain went there once. Right, mm. yeah, I think yeah. so. And it's like, okay, like, I mean, all respect to, to, my, to my man, Anthony Bourdain, but it's like, what does he know about chicken rice? <laughs> right? True. That's true. Yeah, so, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, so Singaporean cuisine is definitely up there. Mm. Um, Mostly Asian cuisines are really low. I, but I, I also do really like Italian. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> it's not like the fancy Italian, it's like the nonna's cooking, you know. Nonna's like, cooking, or like, yeah, just like, basic. You know, like very old, like very rustic grandma cooking. Okay. Of like, you know, like, just, yeah, like, they just use the freshest ingredients mm. and just such a rustic style. Yeah, these things, I, I really, maybe maybe it's just a very, like, peasant, peasant, like, uh, taste bud of mine. Peasant like, taste bud. You really stay like in Bukitima. Hey, <laughs> I live in a HDB flat, okay? The one, like, the, the very few HDB flats that are here, I, I live in a HDB yeah, flat. Yeah, it's very true. It's very so very it's, true. Not, it's not atas. Yeah, I, I get made fun of that a lot, like, in, yeah. in, in the kitchen, like, oh, you stay in Bukitima, that's so why you're rich. And like me, like, yeah, I don't, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your favourite cuisine. cuisine to cook or to eat? It's, it's both, I think, like, both? comfort yeah. and, like, to be able to learn to cook, that is something I want to explore as well because right. it's, mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, like, uh, you ask some random people on the street, like, can you make me a, a good mirror boost? Like, yeah. huh? Like, yeah. what, what, what is mirror boost even, you what know? Like, yeah. Other than the noodles, <laughs> I don't even know what the sauce, the sauce is about, yeah. you know? Like, and there's so much, like, like depth and flavor and so much complexities. And that's why, like, so one of the Instagram accounts that I, I really love is, uh, is, is an Instagram account called Singapore Noodles. Okay, yeah. It's just noodles, right? No, Singapore noodles, is, it's not about noodles. It's, it's, it's playing on that idea that that's what the international yeah. stage thinks right. about Singaporean cuisine. Okay, okay. She, she did it ironically la, because she wanted to wanna, like, wanna poke fun at like, mm. what the inter- international community thinks about, commu- okay. uh, about Singapore cuisine. Is she a chef? Yeah, so, so uh, she's Pam Chia. She used to work at Candle Nut. Okay. And, and uh, she runs this uh, like Instagram account right now where she introduces all these like old school techniques and old school food uh but but with uh with the expertise that she has the competencies yeah. that she's attained she's over the years though. in a fine dining restaurant like uh candlenut to be able to bring it back down to like you know like even your haka style salt baked chicken which no one really knows about but something is hidden things like this that is on a culture that we are almost forgetting mm. She's bringing back to the to the limelight and saying, "Hey, like this is something we need to be proud of. Right. It's something that we need to pay attention to because it is it's like part of us. It huh? is fine dining because it requires so much effort, right. mm. requires such long periods of time and expertise and training that 
it just doesn't get the the, the clout and the credit it, it should get because mm. it's not French. Mm. It's not whitewashed, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, like, what exactly is the topic? Like, what is what's the definition of fine dining? Because, like, I feel like when you think of it, what comes to mind is just like a really small piece of food on a plate, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. we're all like, mm, actually, I don't want. I need to feel myself. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, like a lot of people, I think the general public idea of fine dining is like white tablecloths, yeah, <laughs> white glove service, yeah, you know. Uh, very very one on one attention given to a customer and all that kind of stuff. The food, uh, like you said, you know, very small morsels of food. Mm. But there's also reason for that, right? If mm. I give you any more, you're not gonna finish it mm. because it's so rich in yeah. its flavor. Mm. And after a while, your senses kind of dulls to the flavors mm. already. Mm. And 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 that's and that's the that's what the chefs need to know how to do is how to. What's that? What's the right amount of portion where you're eating it, and when you finish, you're like wanting more, right? But not so much that you're hungry, and not giving you so much that you're like, oh, like I cannot finish this, yeah, right? And you think, oh, like you're paying like hundreds of dollars for such little food, like in in terms of ingredient, that's like nothing. But you're not paying for the food cost. Expertise. You're paying for the expertise and the labor and the amount of years this guy has to has to work in the kitchen to develop these flavors, develop yeah. such a sensitive palate to like flavors and what goes well together. Yeah. It's the ideas that you're paying for. Right. Like in every creative field, you're mm. not paying just for like the, the the hardware. You're not paying for the iPad and the and the Apple Pencil. Engineering. You're paying for the hours that this guy has to scour through the internet and look at right. what different people mm. are doing. Go talk to like different like you know graphic designers and yeah. and then come up with his own thing. And make mistakes over and over and over again, hours and hours, and then come up with something good. Yeah, mm. right. True. It's the same thing with being a chef. It's the same. Yeah, like. Mm. Yeah, you you're paying. So you're paying for the sense, expertise yeah. of the person. Uh. Yeah. yeah, and you're also paying for all the times that he, he cooks something that's like bad, and then you throw that away. Yeah, yeah. So you're paying for that. That cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Speaking about costs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Segway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're just wondering, how how can someone prepare themselves financially to come mm. to come into uh, the, the food industry and, and start being a chef and start cooking? Like, what is it, what does it look like? Kind yeah. of? Financially, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, la, like I would say, like I said, um, I'm, I'm privileged to be able to do this without worrying too much about how much I'm getting. Yeah. Because I, my, my parents, uh, they have quite a s- steady income. Mm. They're able to support themselves. My sister's like education is also paid for and all that kind of thing. So I don't really have to worry about where my next meal comes from, which is such a huge blessing and such a right. huge burden off my shoulders. I and I can't say that that's the same for my other friends. Um, if if you're gonna go into this, there needs to be a certain element of that. Yeah. Like you need to be prepared for that. Like if your family's not doing well, if financially you don't think that's that that's a good step. Um, like if you need to provide for other people, that's something you need to mention when you first when you at, when at the interview. Yeah. Know your worth. Know your value. Even if you you never worked a day in your life in the kitchen professionally, like, be bold enough to say, hey, like I'm 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 asking for this because I know my value as a Singaporean in a kitchen. As a Singaporean in a the kitchen, they yeah, kitchens ought to pay m- way more because there's a it's just a. It's just it's not because we are superior to like other. other yeah. It's just a like it's just a de- demand supply thing, mm. Mm. right? But uh, other than that, I I don't want to create this idea like you know entitled to a well-paying salary. Oh like, yeah, for Let's sure. just be real. Mm. Even if you get a higher like higher than market level is like two times less than like other jobs out there, mm. right? Um, but that doesn't mean that 
corporations should be allowed to exploit you. Mm. So don't be afraid to ask for, you know, slightly above market market value if you know that that's what you your your worth. If you're willing to put in the hours, you're willing to break your back, go for it. But if you ask for a higher le- higher pay, then yeah, you got to you got to show up. You uh. got to show up for it. Yeah. You got to put in the hours, you got to grind for it. Right. Don't ask for a higher pay and then like and then work less than everyone else. Don't 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 be lazier than everyone else. Don't come in late later than everyone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're going to ask for that, you got to you got to show up for that. Um other other ideas financially, I think I, I'm I'm not that good at giving that advice because I, like I said, like I really don't have to think about this too much. Mm. Um, yeah, but if if there are side projects that you are interested in, that you're keen on, that you're passionate about, um, yeah, like and and you're able to earn an extra income on the side, that's always very helpful. Okay. But if not, just yeah, just keep working, just keep grinding. The pay the paycheck may look miserable now, but it's not gonna be like this all the time, like mm. for the rest of your life. Mm. Just gonna keep working. And and yeah, just keep grinding, and then when when opportunity arises for for you to shift somewhere else, mm. that's when you can ask for 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 higher paycheck because you know you've put in the work already. Mm. Yeah, you know you've learned enough. You know mm. you your your expertise re- requires better compensation right. for your expertise. And yeah, I'll just keep just keep at it. Like don't lose heart, don't lose hope. But if if financially that's not you know like viable for you, then that's something that you need to consider as well. Mm. Mm. I think, yeah, it's different for everyone. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Then how about your future? Like, y- like with th- this in mind, mm. like how are you planning for your future? I guess financially as well. Uh, this is <laughs> going to sound very bleak because um, I know a lot of friends who, uh. they're doing this because they're young. Mm. It's in their youth that they are investing in this. Mm. Right. But they are very, they have to be very real themselves to know that, hey, uh, I can't be in this forever. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So they have plans once they get married and once they have kids, they're gonna leave mm. okay. the the kitchen and find another job that's a bit gives them a bit better compensation, a bit better work life balance. Mm. Uh and, and I mean there are a lot of things you can do la. You can advise you can you can work on an advisory like uh role, consultas consultation level, you can do R and D, like research and development for bigger right. like fast okay. food chains, you yeah, can yeah. write cookbooks, you can teach classes. Yeah, there are a lot of things you can do. Mm. If you're good at language, you can even write editorial p- pieces for like food. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of creativity is required. Like you know, mm. uh, for 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 this like line, being able to 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 know what the market values, and then knowing where you are, mm. like okay. like who you are, what what you're good at, what can you offer to people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And sometimes that's just hard work. Like all you can offer to people is your labor and you're a really good worker and you have really good work ethics. And yeah. that is I- invaluable. Like that's something that not everyone has. And yeah. that's something you need to show up for. Like you need to you, you need to be able to, to, to show people that hey yeah, I can work. Mm. Yeah, and, and I and I deserve to, to be to be paid more because I work harder than this guy. I I work longer hours than this guy. Yeah. And I mean as much as like yeah, like, it's it's it, it creates this competitive like work environment. Yeah, that 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 nice. You need to draw so yeah, it, like shows, it shows how much you are willing to yeah. to to mm. do for the, the yeah. And and I have no qualms about someone getting paid paid higher than me if you put in more work, more effort. But I value my relationships. I value yeah. you know like 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 the downtimes I I get more. Then mm. I have to yeah bear the, the the consequences of that, which is lesser pay lah. Yeah. Mm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess like what would you tell people you're interest like who are interested to try this line of mm. work. 
just like simple few things <laughs> yeah just just start somewhere mm. just mm. start it. you will only know if this is for you if you are in it mm. right the adrenaline of it but and don't give up the first sign of distress because you're gonna have a lot of times where you're gonna like feel like quitting mm. Mm. and that's life like you're gonna want to quit life at different times uh, dif- different seasons in, in in your journey mm. right mm. but work through those stay stay through it and Ultimately, if, if you feel like, hey, you, like this is not for you, then it's not for you, lah. Then, then really just think about what, like, what you're passionate in, what you're passionate about, yeah. and do something that you really love to do. You don't have to feel like you're stuck if you choose this path. Mm. Mm. Um, and and this path is always very open. Mm. Like, yeah. So, what's that to lose, right? You, just like maybe a, maybe a few years, but yeah. the things that you learn, the things that you gain are invaluable. Go for it. You know, like s- work at places, start at places, places that y- you you think produces good food, and that's most important. Don't yeah. just go for the cloud. <laughs> Don't just chase for what's popular out there. Mm. Chase for what you what you think is good, mm. and then ask ask to work for them. Yeah. Right. Even if it's like a month or two that for free. Say, can I stash with you? Can I work with you for free? And then see if this is what you like. Uh. Mm. If you don't, wa- if if it's not what you like. Then you you're you're free to go and pursue other things. Right. Right. So it's it's not that high of a commitment. Right, um, and and be willing to, yeah, just just dig in, mm. and just like like, yeah, put your head in, and just go with the grind, mm. yeah, mm. and that's most important, yeah. Everything else will come along cool. after. Right. Nice. Cool. Thank you very much, Ezra. Yeah, I mean, like, it's really fun to talk about this. Like, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't get a lot of time to be so introspective <laughs> about my life and about my job, and no one really asks questions like this to chefs because. Mm. Yeah, you're you're always in the kitchen, mm. always behind. You don't have the time for it. All the yeah, time and time. and a lot of times, like the only time you get to really think about this is mm. after 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 our like after work. Yeah, mm. yeah, like two three a.m. and then like you know no one wants yeah, to hear yeah, about yeah, it yeah, then yeah. you know. And then <laughs> Annie is asking for your carbonara. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, thank you very much for your time. Hey, thank no you for worries. the amazing breakfast today. Hey, yeah, it was great. Always always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe and tune in to the next episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Till then, go, go get, get working. working.